and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And listen, I thought I was going to have to do this podcast by myself because a lot of people had a lot of issues. Today is one of those days, folks, in podcasting that you wake up and the day seems fresh and new and ready to rock and roll. And then you get a bunch of DMs from people that just, you know, real life gets in the way. And, uh, well, listen, we have N64 Josh, who is excited as all H because, well, Bayonetta 3 releases on Friday. I know he can't wait to play, uh, as well as myself. I have the collector's edition, and I believe he does as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, uh, N64 Josh, welcome, brother. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a lot of amazing topics to get into. I can't wait. I'm so glad to be here. I've been off for two weeks and, uh, you know, back at it again. I, I was, we were a little nervous before Daniel showed up. It was like, uh, <laughs> we're going to be bouncing back and forth. Just the two of us. Right. Oh, wait, don't want to get DMCA. <laughs> well, listen, it, it's great. It's great to have you back. And like I said, we have a lot of great topics. We got almost a hundred people already here. We haven't even started with the topics, uh, but Daniel, uh, welcome back, brother. Have you, uh, finished your biggest video in the history of your channel oh it's i've started recording it okay. <laughs> finished is a is another story but it's <laughs> it's gonna be a minute okay. it's uh but yeah i'm i'm really excited for uh for today's show it's good to have josh back i think he's the uh the only known survivor of the the twitchcon foam pit so oh, should be yes 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 Jeez. Well, listen, um, it it is definitely great to have you here. And uh, what we are going to be doing, folks, is just to keep you up to date is Boxenberger and Wandering Dutch uh, have a special edition uh, podcast going on right now where they're sitting down and interviewing the developers from Deliver Us the Moon. Uh, They have a new game. They have to follow up the sequel coming out this uh, this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And if you haven't played Deliver Us the Moon, it was phenomenal. Um, so hopefully, when they're done with that uh, that interview, they will then bounce back over to here, and then we will have a full uh, you know full panel at our disposal. Uh, but I definitely want to thank the uh, 100 people, 100 plus people that are here already. And uh, listen, guys, let's, let's get into it. Um, and this is a this is this is a subjective topic. Um, this is one. That I have been banging the drum uh, since the inception of the acquisition. And I'm talking about Obsidian. Obsidian Entertainment uh, is uh, probably, if I may be so bold as to say, in the top three of Xbox Game Studio uh, developers. Uh, They seem to be able to multitask in a way where... I best, and again, this is just my opinion. Please challenge me in the chat. And obviously, of course, the panel members that are here. um, I really do look at Obsidian and I think Insomniac. And not because they're identical developers. No, that's not actually what it is. Why I put Obsidian neck and neck with something like, uh, like Insomniac Games over at PlayStation Studios is because of their ability to tackle multiple projects and literally deliver on each one of them. Now, again, we just saw Grounded 1.0, a passion project, as we know, hit the streets. And folks like Randall Thorne, Colt Eastwood, who never thought 
that they were going to get into a game like this. You know, uh, speaking specifically about Randall Thor, he talked about it on the Xbox Two podcast. He surpassed 50 hours, uh, and he played the whole thing in co-op with uh, Colt Eastwood, which we know Colt plays with his kids, and that in itself is awesome. But why I'm talking about Obsidian Entertainment to start today's amazing podcast is because of a Dual Shockers interview, folks. Now, look, as we know, Bethesda is hard at work at Starfield, right? And we talked about it yesterday on the Xbox Lunch Break special about all of the new things coming to um, that new IP. Uh, and it's, and it's going to be amazing. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, we know that their next project, and it's probably the most, impo- most important project to them, is going to, of course, be Elder Scrolls VI, which is coming, has been confirmed to be uh, in current development to some extent, but is coming after Starfield releases. Uh, now, that's probably going to take three, four, five years, maybe. So the reason why I'm running around this lap is because... Well, a lot of people are calling for the new Fallout. And even, again, Randall Thor discussed, when when are we going to get the next Fallout? 2030? 2031? 2032? Can the world wait that long, even with Fallout 76 being a much better game than it was when it launched? A lot of people are playing that game. It's uh, Millions and millions of people play it every day. Not my bag, per se. I'm more of the the traditional single-player type of uh, uh, gamer for Fallout. But again, why we're talking about this today is because the head of the studio sat down with Dual Shockers during uh, the celebration of Fallout's 25th anniversary, and Obsidian's founder, uh, Fergus, and and it's Ugerhart, I think that's how you pronounce it, shared his thoughts about the possibility of the studio making another Fallout game And while Fergus didn't give away any specifics, he did reveal that Obsidian would love to return to the series. And folks, this is what he had to say. Of course, if we ever got the opportunity to make another Fallout game, we'd make it. There's not even a question of whether or not we would do it. It's just, will we have the opportunity and will that opportunity arise? Uh, He said, I hung around at Interplay for probably an extra year because I wanted to work on Fallout more. I love Fallout. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go to you first on this. Uh, This is a big deal. Uh, And Boxenberg is here. There he is. Boxenberg, welcome, brother. Hey, what's up? I'm super sorry for the delay. Uh, We were just having a a short extra special episode on my channel. I was in the chat. I was checking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Keo Kin, and I had to briefly use the toilet in between the shows. So I'm very sorry for the two minute delay. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it, it's great to have you back, brother. Uh, congratulations on snagging a massive interview. Uh, I was telling the folks that that's what you were doing. Yeah. Um, and Deliver Us the Moon. I don't know if you played it. I played it. I absolutely Fantastic. loved it. I beat it. I yeah. cannot wait for the sequel. Um. But Josh, let's get your opinion on this. Now, Obsidian is a developer that knows how to deliver both small games and very large games. Now, we know that they're currently working on um, The Outer Worlds 2. They're currently working on Avowed, which had a bit of a, um, a change of direction, as it's been known, which we know is gonna, they're going to deliver on that. 
We know that Grounded 1.0 is out there. They're going to continue supporting that game. Does this studio have the manpower and the prowess to deliver a new Fallout? Because we know that um, Bethesda is not going to be able to do that simply because it's all hands on deck for Starfield. And then, of course, the Elder Scrolls right after. Would you like to see a new Vegas 2? Oh, God. I'm so glad there's more people here than just me because I have never played a single Fallout game at all, unless you count Fallout Shelter. I, 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 I don't understand. <laughs> I'm, I look, 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 I'm going, where's, where's the camera? I'm going to the injection button right now. Hold on a second. Eject. <laughs> that being said, though, they absolutely are the team for it, right? This is the, like... I have played some Outer Worlds, and so the 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 little bit that I remember, I had a buddy bring Fallout Three over, and was like, you know, and I was like, oh, this is like like apocalyptic Skyrim. I get it, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I've just never sat down and actually played them. Uh, they they seem like they would be the the the, the perfect choice. Do they have enough manpower? That's that's a great question. I mean, they can always add to the team, right? There's uh, there's their their studios you know seem to be closing on the regular and uh you know get them get 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 more get more talent and get them get them built up and and see what they they the the passion's obviously there and because of uh because they're all playing team xbox right now it would be it would be fantastic to see something like that i know vegas fallout vegas was very well very well loved and so to see to see a sequel, I, I believe the fans would be all about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that this is a game that I mean, look, I, I've played all the fallouts except for the first two when it was a different perspective. I never played the original fallouts because that was on PC. and I'm not a PC gamer. Um, if they ever re-released them or, you know, uh, remade them, I would probably give them a shot. Um, but for me personally, uh, I have put. Uh, more hours into Fallout the series than many, many uh, other series that surround it. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, in my opinion, folks, is probably one of my favorite in the entire series. Not because Obsidian is the best developer. Yeah, The story that they told, though, is amazing. And like I said, Bethesda, no slouch at all. I would imagine that if they do deliver on a, a, a Fallout 5, that it's going to be amazing, but personally, I don't think that they have the manpower to deliver a Skyrim six uh, on top of what they're already doing uh, with with Starfield. That's going to need to be, you know, maintained. Um, I would love to see uh, Obsidian take on the responsibility of bringing us another Fallout that could release in a couple of years, maybe three, four years, but it certainly would be before. Uh, Bethesda can get around to doing it. Daniel, let's let's get your opinion on this, brother. Where do you personally fall on seeing Obsidian return to Fallout uh, in the in the form of potentially a, a sequel to one of the most beloved Fallouts? I mean, it would be like a, a dream come true. You know what I mean? I'm I'm pretty much the the opposite of Josh on this one. I uh, I'm a I'm a really big Fallout fan. I've I've played all of them. I've got. I don't know if you can see this entire shelf up here is just fallout. <laughs> so, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fanboy on this one. Uh, it's uh, 
it's not surprising to hear that that Fergus Burkhardt wants to continue working on it and specifically that people at Obsidian would want to continue working on it. Uh, because, you know, Fergus was one of the people who who created the Fallout franchise, right? And if you look at a lot of the people who have been hired at Microsoft over the last little while, uh, you have most of, like, the big names that have worked on it, right? You've got Fergus, you've got Brian Fargo, of course, Todd Howard, and all the people at Bethesda. Um, like, if there's ever if there's ever somebody who can who can put together a fallout game they probably already work at microsoft you know what i mean so it's it's really exciting that this is a potential thing and i know that obsidian did specifically say that they're not currently working on a on a fallout game uh cuz i think whenever the anniversary came around they were like hey just so you know <laughs> just so no one gets their hopes up we're not working on one right now um but I will say the um, that was I think before Grounded went went completely out, right? It was what, what do you call it when it goes out of early access? I guess launched when it when it became yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess you can saw it, it would be uh, the soft launch technically because yeah. it's, it it was already out uh, uh, via the, uh, the you know beta, if you will. Right, and then of course Pentiment comes out uh, like next month, uh, and that's being written by the guy who wrote and i think directed uh the fallout new vegas so if they wanted to they could potentially start working on fallout as soon as like next month now of course that would still mean that it would be years before we played it of course considering that over on the bethesda side of things they are probably just kind of starting on elder scroll 6 so they're not going to start fallout 5 until after that Right, like, hey, any <laughs> any sooner we can get it, the better. You know what I mean? And I've I've heard this. Uh, a, a couple of content creators have been have been sort of uh, pushing for this this new idea of Microsoft opening a brand new, uh, a, like Fallout Studio, right? In the vein mm-hmm. of like the Coalition for Gears or three four three for for Halo. Um, I think I specifically heard it from uh, Mr. Matty Plays, who's fantastic. Um, and I think that's a really great idea, but what I would say might work slightly better is we already have, so Bethesda already has like multiple studios. I think they should just staff those up. Right. So they have the, the Dallas studio, the Maryland studio. I think there's another one in Texas. I don't know exactly where, uh, I think Austin maybe. Yeah. I believe it is the Austin division as well. Yes. Yeah. So if they staffed all of those up to be able to complete one of the games by themselves, then it's like, well, Maryland can be the Elder Scrolls one and Dallas could be the Fallout one, right? They've certainly got the money to staff up. Uh, you know, I'm sure that Microsoft would be would be thrilled to let them do so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, in, to, to bring it back to the original question, the idea of Obsidian making a new Fallout would be amazing. I think most people agree that New Vegas is the best Fallout game Right. I agree. I would agree easily with that. I, I loved three, and I thought four was really good, but I don't yeah. think I found it uh, as 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 uh, in engrossing as I did New Vegas. Right. New Vegas like, was the best. Yeah, I, I love three and four, but New Vegas is is just kind of on a it's on a different level. Indeed. And uh, yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why why those games, even though we haven't, I mean, Skyrim is the same way. We haven't gotten a new a new Elder Scrolls since 2011. We haven't gotten a new Fallout since what's 20 
14, 15. You know what I mean? Like it's been a minute, but people still play those games every single day because they still hold up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, and I, and you know something that's, it's pretty interesting because we did get some, uh, uh, some fallout news that uh, fallout four is getting uh, a free upgrade package for the new consoles, which we're going to be talking about on Thursday. I'm going to be sitting down with risk it for the biscuit. And we're going to talk about that specifically because uh, it's another part of the big conversation that has dominated uh, podcasting for the entire 2022 campaign, and that is the uh, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And uh, one of the things that's interesting and what we're going to get into is uh, Microsoft uh, or Bethesda is, it is going to be releasing this patch that brings uh, Fallout 4 not only PC and Xbox, but specifically PlayStation for the price of free uh, in regards to their upgrade, uh, bringing it up to, to uh, you know, current gen consoles, which is the Xbox Series XS uh, and the PlayStation 5, unlike PlayStation that charges. So we're going to break that down. But uh, uh, Boxenberger, Eternal Shaddai uh, in the chat says something pretty interesting, and it goes in line with what Daniel McGee was saying. Um, the one thing that Microsoft has an infinite amount of, and that is money. Um, and they have the ability uh, to allow for, uh, you know, generated uh, work email that suggests, hey, we're building a new studio. Would you be interested in working specifically on, let's say, the next Fallout, right? Uh, and he says this in the chat that I find very interesting. And when you consider what he's saying here, the ramifications of a new studio built from these three is incredibly exciting. He says, can you imagine a collaboration between Inexile, Obsidian, and Bethesda? Oh, shit. Indeed. So here's my question to you. First of all, we know that you love New Vegas, and that's a fact. Uh, but the, the, here's the thing. Can Bethesda wait or can it have its fans wait seven to eight years further out than you know until we see the next Fallout? Or or do you suggest that maybe, just maybe, they do build a new team specifically to work on this? I hope, I truly hope it's the, the latter one. Um, listen, um, Fallout is one of Bethesda's most beloved IPs. Um, I think it's um in between elder scrolls and fallout that's their biggest ips yes there are others like wolfenstein or doom but those are the two juggernauts and it is what it is they introduce a third big ip from bethesda game studios starfield uh, is the next game we know that uh, since 2019 uh they have been working in the concept phase of for elder scrolls 6 and Todd Howard said after Starfield came out, they go into full production. So that, you know, you can do the math. That will be another at least three to four years until Elder Scrolls uh, 6 is going to see the light of the day. And after that, uh, it's time for another fallout. So we are talking here about someone mid-next gen. So I'm talking here like the Xbox Series X2. And probably it's going to be a launch title for the enhanced version of the Xbox Series X2. So <laughs> we're really talking here like 2032, 2033, something in that I ballpark. I did say that. I, I said that 2032, which is, it's, that's ridiculous. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. And it's a bit too big of an IP to let it sleep that long. Fallout is still a phenomenal game. Yes, we have Fallout 76, but that's also kind of aging now, yeah, that we enter the next gen and we see those next gen games and everything. So, yeah, what to do with Fallout? If there is a passionate team like Obsidian that have made the best Fallout game to date, yeah, why not give them the chance to do it? I mean, that's what Xbox always said. We want the developers to develop the games they want to make. They literally came out and said, we'd love to do a Fallout 2 or a new Fallout game. So I truly hope they will give them the chance because Obsidian, and I've said that before, is Microsoft's insomniac. They are like a very well-oiled machine. They know how to develop games on a schedule. They literally said they aim for at least one release each year. And we've seen yeah. that. We've seen that with Grounded and Pentiment. Granted, not the biggest games to date. But yeah, next year, probably a vow. Then we get Outer Worlds 2. Why not add another team in that very well-oiled machine that tackles Fallout? I don't think that Microsoft wants to let a Fallout sleep as long as they did Elder Scrolls. Um, like... Elder Scrolls is now, uh, Skyrim is now 11 years old. Yeah, I was going to say it's over a decade now. Yep. Yeah, and by the time the next one comes out, we're talking 15, 16 years in between, uh, like uh, two main entries of, of, of that franchise or that IP. You don't want to do that to Fallout as well. It's not a good idea to do that because by the time Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, you have already a complete new generation of gamers. Like yes. literally half of the gamers uh, at that point don't even know what an what an Elder Scrolls game is. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, True. And, and Fallout is just too big for that. And that being said, again, if you look at Obsidian, they really know how to develop games, they, especially RPGs. Yeah, The writing is exceptional. The RPG mechanics are exceptional. The world building is exceptional. They are a, a massive juggernaut that Microsoft has in their roster. And, and now they want to make a Fallout game. So it, it only makes sense to give it yeah. to them and say, go nuts, go crazy, do what you want with, with the IP. Um, yeah. And I, I truly hope that, that this comes uh, to fruition. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, obviously the head, uh, the founder of Obsidian has already claimed that they want to do a Fallout uh, outside of mm. already what they're currently working on. And, and they're working on, obviously, a lot of projects. Um, it would be, I think, in Microsoft's best interest not to allow an IP to sit for another decade. I think that the fact that I think what makes it easy for them to make this decision is the fact that you have ESO, which of course is the Elder Scrolls Online, and Fallout 76, which is a game. Both games are service games, right? Both games generate a significant amount of money, even though they're both free to play. Uh, they're constantly updating them, which is great. But at the same time, like I don't play ESO. I've never wanted to play ESO. I played. I, I bought Fallout 76. I put a couple hours into it, and when I played it, it was terrible. I haven't gone back because that's not my bag. I'm more of a single-player guy. Um, but to me, it almost seems like a missed opportunity when you have the three greatest RPG makers, Western RPG makers in Obsidian, in Exile, and, and Bethesda, 
This is a and this probably Playground. We have to add Playground to that list, boom. Now as well. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you can you you absolutely can uh, add them. But the thing is this: with a company as big as Microsoft, with as uh, as many IPs as they have at their disposal, Fallout being one of the bigger ones, can you afford to wait another <clears throat> five years? No, the answer is no. So, again, I'm not a I'm not a you know a project manager. I don't work for Microsoft. I'm just a podcaster, right? But I have to I have to put it out there for everyone to to potentially you know d- discuss and compensate is the fact that listen when you have this many studios and this many people in in these said studios it doesn't take a rocket scientist to want to generate an email and say hey listen put it out there Microsoft is it prides themselves of letting people create what they want you mean to tell me. You couldn't find 100 staffers in between these three studios that want to work specifically on the next Fallout, potentially a a sequel to one of the most beloved Fallouts. I I think that would be filled up within a day. People would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll definitely, even if I have to move. And the way the world is now, you working from home, you don't even have to relocate like it was 10, 15 years ago. And I think that is why um, they need to make this happen. Uh, they need to allow for their internal teams uh, to potentially come together, even if they're from different parts of the world, to make the next fallout. I think I think it's a missed opportunity, but let let's hope that we're not waiting um, for the um, you know an- another five or six years before we get a proper single player fallout. I think that would be a big mistake. Hopefully, Microsoft doesn't make that. Um, but listen. Folks, I have to catch up on the Super Chats, and then we're going to get to the next topic. Uh, but listen, um, I, right, what, what in front, what's in front of you right now is Modern Warfare 2. I am absolutely loving it. I'm playing on Hardened, which you're going to see I die a lot. Like, it is incredibly difficult. I don't remember. Um, I've, I've beaten the game on everything except for Realistic. In the in the, the 2019 one, and I got almost every achievement in the game. I want to get all the achievements in this as well, um, but yeah, I'm quite enjoying this. But I gotta tell you, and I said it yesterday on the Xbox Lunch Break special, what has me bedazzled, if you will, is Gotham Knights. Like I am so enthralled with that game. 30 frames or not, I don't care what anyone tells you. The game so- is amazing I, you know man i'm still so torn about gotham knights i, I, I know i, I know I, I shouldn't give a damn about the 30 <laughs> fps thing i could also just just play it on my pc but on the other hand i i, I can't, don't want to reward that kind of behavior from from developers uh, but then it's batman dude i'm still so torn whether to get it or not look there's so many games currently that we're all playing like it it like it, listen it's a on xbox uh, on on pc on playstation on nintendo there are so many games that i don't think that if you wait for a sale and you pick it up for 30 bucks that you're you're a terrible person i it, listen it it takes mm. tail Call of Duty, Persona 5, you have Bayonetta at the end of the week. I mean, it's just, there is just so many games. Ra- a Mario and Rabbits 2 released earlier this week. It's just crazy how many games have come out. So if you wait on it and you pick it up for 30 bucks, that's honestly not that big of a deal. But I am here to tell you that I'm absolutely loving it. I love the story. I love the graphics. The 30 frames does not bother me at all. The fighting is phenomenal. I don't know what to say, but 
me catch up on the super chats and then we'll get to topic number two. Uh, Drawn TJ, generous friend of the program, drops a five dollar super chat and says, Morning, guys. The Age of Empires 25th anniversary live stream starts in an hour. It yes, on the yes, I, I believe there's going to be a console announcement of some sorts because, um, Aaron Greenberg actually said in his tweet, being uh, somewhat uh, cryptic, uh, regardless of where you play, you should tune in, which indicates mm. they're going to announce it. And I mean, we all expected that they were going to announce it. It's one of Boxenberger's favorite games of last year. For and sure. I have 360 hours in H4 already. And if they release a console port now, you know, I will be gone for another 360 hours. It's uh, listen, it's that good, guys. It's that you good. You like what you like, and it is absolutely not. I have never played one, and I'm going to give it the old college effort for sure. Mm. Uh, Eternal Shaddai, who's been a member for six months, said, you know, I'm repeating what he said before. Can you imagine a collaboration of the kings of RPGs between In Exile, Obsidian, and Bethesda. Great show, boom. Thanks so much for that, brother. And yes, I love the idea. I'd love to see a new team, a fallout team made from these three epic RPG makers. I think it would be amazing. Uh, we have Game Players HUD Zero, who's been a member for 13 months. Thank you so much for that. He says, Hey, boom and panel, Fallout New Vegas 2 should be a shoe in. Bethesda and Obsidian is on the same team. N64 Josh needs to get on Fallout New Vegas ASAP. Yes, you do, Josh. Yes, you have to play that game. Uh, we also have Drawn TJ drops an additional $5 super chat and says, Boxenberger, you missed my super chat in your podcast. I said hi and good morning. Uh, oh, yeah, I, man, I feel terrible. Yeah, it, it's, it sometimes happens. I was so focused on the list of, of questions uh, that mm -hmm. I must have missed it. I'm, I'm super sorry. Drawn TJ, I'm going to give you a proper shout out on Thursday's World of Gaming Promise and apologies. Uh, I feel yeah. terrible. Yeah, I, I'm always like that. If I miss one, I feel guilty. But listen, it's not yeah. done on purpose. But thank you for the super chat, Drawn TJ. Sir X-Man dropped a $2 super chat and says, damn. Uh, I'm still waiting on Mecha Soul 3, please. I, I think we're all waiting on Mecha Soul 3. That is for sure. But listen, folks, let's get to let, let, let's get to topic number two. Now, this one, I'm happy to have uh, someone with the technical prowess uh, that knows uh, <laughs> uh, in here, Boxenberger. Mm. You know, one of the things that continue to um, really muck up uh, social media especially when it comes to developers, Boxenberger, is this constant attack on the Xbox Series S. Uh, it is has been mm. called a potato. It has been called oh, yeah. the least um, uh, 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 wanted uh, console by developers. But, you know, and again, this is just a couple of knucklehead developers who seem to have be more PlayStation focused. And this is where their bias is now bleeding into their social media presence, um, it has come to my attention that, uh, you know, it was uh, that Gotham Knights specifically uh, was blamed for uh, 30 frames per second versus if you look at the actual stats from Digital Foundry, the Series S actually ran Gotham Knights better than the Series X and the PlayStation 5, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, my question to you, Boxenberger, is, is the Xbox Series S holding back the generation? Mm. You know what? What holds uh, back uh, game development is always the lowest common denominator. And if we just look at some facts, what is the lowest performing platform uh, that Gotham Knights uh, can be played on? 
That's PC. That's, that's the PC. minimum specs of yep. the PC. So if anything is holding game development back, it's PC. And it's ridiculous to say that. So listen, there's a simple and very uh, uh, obvious answer what was going on. And that was laziness of developers, the publishers, the managers, whatever, who gave not g- gave them the time to optimize the game for the consoles. That's all. It's laziness of the studio to not develop or uh, to not optimize for console. Nothing else. Series S is not holding anything back. If we look at the minimum specs of Gotham Knights, just look at that. It's a um, RTX uh, 1600 Ti, which is a seven-year-old GPU, and it wasn't even a high-performing GPU at the time of release. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, so then it needs a six-core CPU. The Series S has eight cores. It doesn't need an SSD. We have have an SSD. It only needs six gigabytes of RAM in the minimum specs, and the Series S is having eight. So um, there's literally no reasonable argument why a series s should hold game development back that's ridiculous the series s has a more performant a uh, better cpu actually than the ps5 in it we have a state-of-the-art ssd in in that thing we have a, a modern architecture for gpu which is rdna2 really doesn't matter the teraflop counts guys i've who's everyone who watches my videos knows that it's not about the pure number of teraflops. It's about the architecture that you, you use. And it is a state-of-the-art architecture, RDNA 2. There's literally nothing that why, why you would say Series S holds it back. The only thing that we could say is obviously developing and optimizing for one additional platform takes up a little bit more resources. Yes, obviously. The more platforms you have to develop for, the more time you need to invest in optimizing it. But since um, uh, these developers didn't even care to optimize for any of the consoles, we really cannot say Series S is holding it back. It was a lackluster effort to optimize for consoles, and that's all. Um, So, yeah, boom. It's ridiculous that we still talk about this... um, that that series s might hold game development back but it i think it is just what it is it's always going to be used in in the console war shenanigans and um in in the who's got the got the more teraflops and the more pixel counts on screen discussion um but uh, when you look at facts um there's literally nothing that holds game development back and uh the the, the other thing i want to say on this boom because a lot of people bring that up but the developers came out and said, well, we a Series S is bad. Yeah, man, um, not every developer is developing on the same level and not every developer has the same level of understanding on what is going on. And sometimes it's frustration about, or could be frustration about uh, not getting time or resources to uh, do the work that is required to to bring your game to a certain platform and optimize for it. Sometimes uh, it's simply not their job, like that Gotham Knights developer. It wasn't even his job to optimize it. He was like a, a, a texture artist or something. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah I, it, I have I have his quote in front of me. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know what? Uh, I, I'll read it for you verbatim because yeah, uh, please do so. It's it sounds sounds ridiculous. 
He says this. Studios have been through one development cycle where series has turned out to be an albatross around the neck of production. And now that games are firmly being developed with new consoles in mind, teams do not want to repeat the process. Now, responding to that, Jeff Gerstman, Gerstman if you don't know who he is, he is the uh, lead dude, if you will, at Giant Bomb. He says this in a tweet uh, a couple of days ago responding to this. The whole Series S is holding back next generation games argument seems really broken to me. Most of these games also come to PC and already have to cover a wide variety of configs. Like go look at the Steam hardware survey sometimes. Lots of older stuff with significant percentages that are being used for uh, for, for lesser specs. And that's exactly what you said uh, specifically just moments ago. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's pretty interesting. Um, look, well, I mean, do you have anything else you want to add to the conversation? Because I want to bring in uh, Daniel on this. I know Daniel. No, I, uh, no, I don't want to take up too much time from Daniel, but just just one more thing. Um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it's like just a few moments ago, we had the chance w w uh, in the interview with Kyokin, and we to ask them uh, why they uh, do a cross-gen release, because obviously it's a lot more work to optimize for all these uh, um, uh, different systems and they literally said yes of course it takes a little bit more effort uh, but it is technically possible and there are a lot of tools and they are a super small to uh, a team but there are tools that allow you to do that uh, these days um, and and uh, just because a developer like uh, for, for Gotham Knights doesn't didn't or did decide to not use the tools available it doesn't mean that a Series S console is a potato. It's a fantastic value proposition to enter current gen gaming. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, view on this. But Danny, I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know what, Daniel, I I do want to bring up uh, a conversation uh, that went on. Uh, and again, I, we don't throw people under the bus here, and I don't want lynch mobs going after folks. So that's why I don't really give people's names. Uh, even if they're a developer, because I, I don't want to be responsible for any kind of bullying that would go on. But it was discussed uh, that uh, that some developers hang around in this big group of developers. And uh, it was it was suggested that they're trying to figure out a way to get Microsoft to abandon the Series S console and only work with the Xbox Series X. Because if you didn't know, folks, the Microsoft's rules for releasing games on their platform is that you have to, uh, if it's going to be next gen, let's just say only, it must release for the Xbox Series S and Series X, which means that if you are a developer, you must develop for both of these platforms. Now, if it's coming out for the Series X and S, it's likely that it's going to come out on PC, so you are going to be working on a plethora of releases across a broad spectrum. Daniel, when you hear that kind of stupidity and that's really all it can be called is that a group of developers are going to try and force microsoft to abandon the most affordable console in, in 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 a time where money is hard to come by everything is getting expensive and again microsoft has figured out a way to release a very very proper next-gen console in the series s that delivers uh 1440p on many of, of the games that are coming out at, 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 at 2140p on the X and the PlayStation 5, and the games look just as good, how are you expecting 
that more than half, and Microsoft has reported this, more than half of their next-gen consoles are the Series S. Should we just abandon these gamers? What, what's wrong with these developers, and what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, so we, we've heard, we, I mean, we've been hearing since before it was out that, like, there's just certain people who really want to believe that the Series S is holding back game development, which is ludicrous, right? I mean... Yes, it is less powerful, but it's less powerful in all of the ways that you could very easily just make a game that's for, you know, PS5, Xbox Series X, and just scale it down for the S, right? And they're not even that disparate that you wouldn't be able to do the same, like, game design elements or anything like that. Like, yes, one is significantly more powerful than the other, but not to the point where they are incompatible, right? And it's it's insane to me that people want to point specifically to the Series S as being the problem for why for why games are performing poorly or why they're being held back when it's like, okay, well, let's look at the rest of the industry right now. It's like, okay, if there's a third party game and it's launching on the Switch. Like, what are we talking about? Like, no, exactly, because really, the the switch is is probably the 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 lowest common denominator, even even on PC for that matter. It's, I mean, it's it's certainly down there, right, in terms of just raw performance. And then we're looking at you know the the new games coming out on the PlayStation side of thing, and of course they they believe in generations, so they're still launching every game on the PS4. Um, the Series S is more powerful than the PS4, so we're still still working on being above that. And then, as as Box said on the PC side, specifically for Gotham Knights, the recommended or the the like lowest setting that you need is a, a 1060 Ti, right? Which is a very old card, and I will say also an unusually powerful card for what the lowest specs for most games on PC are. Uh, it, my computer has a, a, like a 10, I think it's like a 1040, like it's nothing, right? And I'm still able to play pretty much any games that I want to on my PC. Not well, <laughs> but they run, right? So there are so many lower skews that people are making games for than the series S. Like people, people always want to talk about uh, whatever 1090 ti whatever it was the uh, uh sorry i saw somebody in the chat correct me uh and they were right too uh, but the uh the point is like if we are talking about like what the highest and lowest skews are both of those are pc i know people don't want to admit that and especially people probably who are watching or listening to this podcast probably won't want to admit that because if, if you are a PC player who is enough of a gamer to be watching podcasts about video games, then probably you have a pretty good rig. Um, but I'm sorry to tell you, hey, you guys who are going to be upgrading to the to the 40 series in the next year and a half, you are by far the minority. <laughs> the overwhelming majority of people who game on PC are playing on PCs that are laughably weak. They are literally potatoes, right? And that's what game developers are going to be developing towards is they want to make sure that the widest amount of people are going to be able to play the game. They're not going to, you know, spend all their time making sure like, oh, hey, this game 
is for the 40 series cards or whatever. Like that's just not how it works. Um, and it, specifically in the case of Gotham Knights, I don't even think that this is a hardware problem, right? Cause we're, we are, we are looking at, at this game and it's just not optimized well, right? The fact that the lowest necessary, you know, card for it is, is high, significantly higher than usual. The, the fact that even on like Paris Lily was talking about how he's got it on his super high rig computer and it's barely holding 60. Like it's just not a well-optimized game. You know, it's, I don't know why people immediately jump to like, it must be the series S's fault instead of like, maybe the game's just not great. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people connect these dots. It's interesting. So I want to bring some, uh, Boxenberg. I know you got to get out of here in about 30 minutes. So right after this topic, we're going to go into Hellblade, uh, because I want to get your opinion on that. But Josh, I want to bring you into the conversation, but before I do just for schematics, let, let me, let me break down an article that I pulled, um, regarding, uh, 120 frame, 120 FPS support. Uh, now, this is an older article, so I would imagine the list for both has uh, gotten bigger. But the list that I have in front of me right now on the article is just to give everyone an idea of the prowess that is the Xbox Series S, the potato as it's known to many people in the community. The PlayStation 5 currently has, and again, this is an older list, so maybe it's more, I can't, I, but bear with me. According to this list, has only 20 games that are available at, with 120 frames per second support. Now, we know God of War Ragnarok is going to offer that, and that's amazing, and I'm sure a lot of their first-party stuff does as well. But what's interesting here, folks, is the Xbox Series X and, of course, the talk of the town right now, the Xbox Series S, Josh. This list has 86 games, literally 4 to 1. Four to one, the Series S, the little the, the little guy, the little brother of the Series X, is can play four times more games in 120 frames per second than the PlayStation Five. Josh, when you hear that, what do you say about uh, about what these developers are, uh, are calling the Series S a potato or the or the or the, or the 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 key factor to holding back the new generation of of console gaming? It's just shocking, honestly. Like it's shocking. I you 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 would think they would know better. And you guys you guys immediately went to the Switch. I mean, playing the like either of the Doom games on on the Switch. Like if you love Clay Fighter, by all means, play play the uh play any modern um modern modern game on Switch unless you want to try the cloud, right? Which is uh which is not which is not great either. So it, it they're just such they're so it's so bizarre hearing hearing statements like this like the machine like i they were all people could find for a while right i had a buddy who that's all he had was his series s that that thing it was a it was a little powerhouse it was it was killing but i brought my series x over and he was like okay i can see i can see a few differences here but like at the end of the day it was still getting the job done you know, I'm I'm recommending to a to a ton of people this year. They're they're wondering what gifts to get their kids or what you know, the 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 Series S with the uh, uh, with the Xbox All Access. Like, what what a fantastic 
fantastic Christmas it's going to be for so many for so many kids this year. And so, you know, why it ends up being the the scapegoat for uh, for games like like Gotham, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It actually doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I again, I find it to be uh, a, a bit of. I, I put it to this way: I'm not a developer, folks. You know that I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a, a, a tech guy, even remotely uh, pretending. Um, I do know the basic uh, of how it, how you, how you make a game, but I couldn't tell you, you know, if something is a potato or not. I, j- I just don't have those skills, and I'm okay with that. But I am going to say that anyone in the development community that comes out. And says something as preposterous as that uh, is uh, embarrassing themselves. Like if I say it, you're like that boomstick. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. He's never developed a game. But to have an actual game developer come out and, and suggest that this console, which is a next gen console, and can currently play more games than the PlayStation Five, you know, the, the god tier console that everyone thinks is the greatest thing since sliced bread, um, four times more games in 120 frames per second is is just it, you you embarrass yourself and 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 a lot of these uh devs that came out and there wasn't a lot of them it was like maybe four different devs from different studios um came out and had to re- retract their statements because not because they were getting hate because their statements were wrong um specifically like a, a, a guy from rockstar commented on gotham knights and he didn't work on the game I don't know if that's such a smart thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of really paint yourself into a bit of a corner when you say stupid things like that. But listen, it is what it is. Um, You know, people are going to be knuckleheads and they think they're going to get their 15 minutes of fame on social media. If that's how you want to do it, good on you for doing it. Uh, I will never do that because, well, I have more pride uh, and, uh, and a a sense of, of, of giving the right information. If I have it in front of me to the community, not being a knucklehead or a fanboy. Um, Boxenberger, I want to move on to the next topic, which is why I'm really yeah. glad you're still here. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, Hellblade 2 specifically because yeah. uh, it was put out there by Ninja Theory that they are bringing some massive new tech to this game. And obviously, the way that they are slowly developing this game means it's going to be something special. They, they are taking their time for good reason. Uh, when Hellblade 2 finally releases, and a lot of people like myself believe it's going to uh, it's going to release uh, holiday of next year, at least that's what I'm banking on. Um, it is going to be what a lot of people like uh, Cognito from the Iron Lords, you know, the, the, the hashtag just one, that over-the-shoulder, story-driven, real-life graphics. I think we're going to get it because Ninja Theory is one of the best in the business. But before yeah. I do, I just have to catch up with some of the super chats. Uh, Brett Bingham, drops a very uh, generous. Since yes, I sir. have to leave in literally like ten minutes, oh, I have okay, to yeah, bring my yes. car to the 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 workshop. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. You know what? Let, <laughs> you know what? Let, let, let's let's actually get to that. Yeah. Uh, and let, let me let me pull up the uh, the show notes here. Um, you know, Boxenberger, you have been uh, someone in the corner of Ninja Theory since they were acquired. You think yeah. it was probably one of the best. Uh, uh, acquisitions uh, for in 2018, and I absolutely agree. I, I think that they are on the line, and maybe not in the size, but certainly in the talent of something like Naughty Dog. Please explain to the audience here uh, mm-hmm. what kind of tech that they're bringing. How big of a deal is the movie esque tech 
that they're bringing to tell this next chapter yeah. in Senua's uh, 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 saga, as it's called. Yeah, see, um, for those who didn't see it, uh, Ninja Theory is posting on a regular basis, like tech updates, like little dev diaries or little snippets that give you a peek behind the curtain and in how they want to do things. And one thing that they uh, talked about over the weekend was that they bring anamorphic lenses um, to to help light too. For those who don't know uh, what that are, uh, like literally regular lenses are round lenses and they are uh, giving you the classic look that you know from TV. But sometimes big movies, especially when they shot for IMAX, for instance, they use anamorphic lenses, which round out the corners of the lens. And that gives you like this extreme, beautiful, smooth, wide shot. So whenever you see like these scenes where you have like a lot of environment in the background and give that painterly look to 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 a scene and usually in, in movies people use anamorphic lenses and since they want to go for that epic look that epicness that pr is provided by these shots they've decided to implement that in the engine and make that work in the game and that's what they talked about um, you can find that on on their Twitter account, I think they also posted it to their YouTube account. So I highly recommend to check that out. And boom, it just tells you that Ninja Theory is striving for a technical masterpiece. If you're looking for that true next-gen experience, it's going to be Hellblade. It's going to be this incredible showcase. Everything we've seen so far. Um, it, it just tells you that that Ninja Theory wants to push the limits of what is technically possible. And the interesting thing is they do that with this super small team. It is it it blows my mind what Ninja Theory does with a developer team of around fifty people, which is relatively small for AAA development. Like we are watching here Call of Duty, and you know how many thousands of people are working on a Call of Duty game. I mean, dude, there's like eight studios, for crying out loud. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's not counting all the freelancers that they hire and stuff. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's incredible that they have such a small core development team for that game and still try to push the limits what is technically possible. Um, just recently, they talked about how they use AI-generated um, audio for uh, as placeholder content during development to get a better, uh, better feeling for pacing and stuff like that. We also know that they use um, machine learning for physics simulation, like uh, that big troll we have seen in the trailer. All that fat flapping around was based on uh, <laughs> physics-based AI. And and all that combined, yeah, you have now a different lens in 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 Unreal Engine that they implemented to get that wide shot fuse in there. It just it doesn't stop with Ninja Theory. They always push technic the technical limitations to the limits. They push forward what is technically possible, and I love that. I truly love that. I'm super excited to see the final result. Um, because if anyone is looking for that 
for that true next-gen showpiece. You know that game when, when your buddies come over and, and hey, what, what, what can a Series X really do? But that's Hellblade 2. That's going to be Hellblade 2. And boom, the, the, the only thing I want to know is when can we finally play it? It's... I mean, if you had to take a stab at it before you get on out of here, uh, when, mm. when do you think we actually see this game? Because you and I both agree yeah. that this game was in, in some sort of pre-production back in 2018 when they were announced yeah. as being acquired. And I think that the reason why they were acquired originally was because Microsoft saw what they were doing behind the scenes. We heard that with Obsidian. We heard that with In Exile. Yeah. Uh, we heard that with uh, um, uh, Playground Games. That, that They were working on an open-world RPG that eventually was turned into Fable. Yeah. So they had this game in some sort of form or factor. And uh, w when do you... I mean, are you on the same page as me that you think that this finally gets uh, released at, at at the end of next year? Yeah, holiday 23, that would have been my guess as well. I mean, if we look at a couple of facts, um, they said themselves that they took a short break after releasing the first one, and then they already started to work out ideas and concepts for the second one. So you can literally do the math yourself how long this game has been in development. They have shown Hellblade 2 at the Game Awards 2019. 2019 yeah. along with the console we have they have revealed that game and ever since we have gotten on a regular basis like development updates and such we have seen gameplay the only more or less the only um gameplay we've seen from those newly acquired studios uh, outside of course of the bethesda games um uh, that that we've seen um at the game awards 2021 so yeah um i think hellblade is uh, gonna be a, t a 23 title um they could have they, they've resumed full production after the COVID issues um uh, uh at the end of last year and i i have the feeling that it's in 23 it, it's gonna be the time for for hellblade 2 yeah i absolutely agree uh well listen brother thank you so much right. for being here uh i know you Next gotta week, i'm gonna be there for the full show again but yes. i my my son broke the seatbelt in the car and now oh, no. we can't use the seatbelt anymore i have to take it to the workshop so um truly sorry for for bailing out uh but yeah have an awesome show left and i see you guys next week yeah absolutely brother and don't forget to check out his interview with the developers of uh, yeah. bring us the, the moon which was an amazing game uh, delivers the moon and then they have the sequel releasing uh i believe is there is it releasing this year uh on february 2nd oh so so yeah. okay so it's next year okay excellent yeah, exactly all right all right boxenberger enjoy the rest of your day brother be safe we'll thank talk you soon have all a great right. show see you soon all right brother uh we're gonna see if we can get wandering dutch in here momentarily to kind of round out the last conversation uh which uh we're gonna talk about um the potential of a Fable Trilogy reboot uh, being made, or an HD, a remaster, if you will. Uh, this is something that I've been banging the drum. We're going to get into that momentarily. But Daniel McGee, let's, let's get you in on the conversation here. Ninja Theory, obviously one of the premier studios at Xbox Game Studios. They know how to make games that are telling an incredible story. They look movie-esque. And when you hear the new tech that they're using both in sound and design. What are your expectations? Is this going to be the hashtag just one that, that many gamers like myself and Cognito from the Iron Lords have been waiting for? Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly has that potential. 
Um, I think anyone who who's played the first Hellblade knows how really unique that game is. How really how really special the the idea of that is. Um, if like we were talking about earlier, if if Obsidian is Xbox's answer to Insomniac, then Ninja Theory is their answer to like Sony Santa Monica. You know what I mean? Is their Hellblade Two is to my knowledge, I think, is going to be the first game that Xbox is putting out that's entirely Unreal Engine 5. So that's going to be something to see, right? We're going to see... It might be the first game to put... If, depending on how early next year it comes out, uh, it might be the first game we see that was developed on Unreal Engine 5, I think. I don't know if anything else has come out for that. Is um, Hell, um, Hellblade... Um, is Redfall... Unreal Engine 5. Does anyone know in the chat? I, I'm I, not sure. Yeah. Not sure. Um, I'll, I'll look that up real quick. Yeah. But so, you know, it's going to have that going for it. It's, you know, Ninja Theory was always a, a good studio, but the first Hellblade game, I think, really put them into sort of the public eye in a way that they hadn't been before. And so I really think that they're going to spend, you know, I think them understanding that, I think they're going to really, really hammer home this game. You know, I think that they, they know how important this game is to them and they're, they're going to make sure that it pays off. Um, I, I also think that this is, I might be wrong on this. I think this is going to be one of Xbox's first exclusives that is not also on the Xbox one. If I'm correct on that. Yeah. I don't think Hellblade two is currently announced to show up on Xbox one. No, no, I, I believe it's next generation. And just to just to confirm, uh, um, Redfall is in fact using Unreal Engine five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind then. I didn't think so. Um, regardless, though, the um, I think it's going to be something very special. I think that most likely we're going to end up seeing it at Game Awards this year. I mean, it, I think every time we've seen it, pretty much so far, has been at one of the Game Awards because it's been shown you know over so many years now I, i'm pretty sure i know that's where we got the initial release or reveal rather and i'm pretty sure that's where we got the gameplay one that everyone was like this is in gameplay it's cgi and i'm like yeah welcome to this style of game my guy um so i would be surprised if we didn't see it at the game awards this year and i think that's where we're going to get its release date um and i would be i, I look at that game and i it feels like a cold weather game. You know what I mean? So I really do think it's going to be like October into the end of the year next year when it does release. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, again, it's, it's, they have, well, first of all, the thing that we, we can look at for sure is that Microsoft, it has a stack deck up front, uh, in 2023. Um, besides, uh, you know, you know what we already know. There might be uh, an additional surprise or two towards the end of the year. So I would imagine that 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 could potentially fit the bill, considering that it's been in development uh, since they the, uh, they announced the acquisition in 2018, and we know that they've been working on it ever since. Even with even with the pandemic that happened, they were still working on it. It seems as if uh, that could be one of those end of year. Uh, releases and I, I think it would be a big one for sure. Um, but uh, N64, Josh, let's let's get your opinion on this, brother. Where, where do you personally fall on Ninja Theory's Hellblade with the new tech? Obviously, you know, you do a lot on TikTok, you do a lot on your own channel, you do a lot with your Nintendo shows. 
Um, this is a, you know, tech and what they're bringing to the table is next level. Uh, it is, it is, it is what's used in Hollywood currently. And, uh, it is, it is a big deal for the game that is going to see a release, uh, to a sequel that was a BAFTA award-winning game. And obviously they told, uh, an incredible story with the use of, uh, the visuals that they had when it first launched on the PlayStation 4 eventually coming to the Xbox. And now this is going to be an Xbox and PC exclusive, which I'm very excited for because, again, a lot of folks in the Xbox community want that third-person, story-driven type of game. They're using Unreal Engine 5. We know that for, sure, for an absolute fact. Where, where, where do you personally, for what's your, where, where does your excitement level uh, uh, land when you talk about Ninja Theory's uh, sequel to, again, the award-winning Hellblade? I love the fact that they're introducing new tech. Like, as, uh, as somebody that works um, in, like, production and uh, doing videography, things like that, the, the next step honestly is anamorphic lenses for uh for me and the guy that i work with and so hearing this like it just it it gets the nerd in me very excited right to see what what they're going to do what they're going to pull off what what are some of these landscapes going to look like what are some of these shots going to look like how how is it going to uh really take us into the next you know or I guess the current generation, but yeah, I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, backtracking a little bit on what you guys were talking about, it is not going to be on the Xbox One. If they're going to play, if you're going to play it on the older console, you're going to have to do it via cloud gaming. It's uh, so so they are going to be they are going to be pushing this one to its. Uh, it, it, it could be one of the first games that we really see pushing pushing the limits, or at least starting to really showcase what the the series s and the series x are capable of so that that's all very exciting i mean these these kind of uh announcements are 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 headline worthy right they 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 get they get the buzz going they get people talking and that's that that's good when do we see this game hopefully next holiday you know hopefully fingers crossed it would, it, it would be nice i mean i, I mean when, when you consider josh that we haven't even hit the holiday in 2022 like we're still in october uh we still have november which is probably when it would launch so technically uh from now to then they have a, uh, an entire almost an entire year before they have to admit they've gone gold i think by then they will have more than enough time and again i'm not a developer so i really can't say how far along that they are they're not but i i think that considering that the game has been in development for for many many years you, you got you gotta wonder if it's close and if they're gonna do polishing and they're gonna add you know different sound technology to it and you know really bring this to movie like they're gonna spend a significant amount of time on polish to deliver that type of experience so i'm with you i, I think that this is definitely fall of next year yeah and take all the time they need right that's it this this needs to be the X, one of the Xbox titles that that launches that doesn't have any egg on the face. Yep. You know, come out, run smooth, look good, incredible story, incredible sound design, graphic. You know, graphically be a masterpiece, and uh, and and that would be that would be a big win for Xbox. Yeah, it it absolutely would, I, and I agree. I, I think it would be uh, again at that point. 
um, you know, we don't know, uh, and we're all assuming that the ABK uh, deal is going to be done well before the summer of 2023. So once that's out of the way, um, and Microsoft, you know, is going to announce to the world that they did in fact acquire these incredible, uh, you know, a, a, you know, Activision Blizzard King. You're going to want, um, you know, that premier, quote unquote, premier show stopping title to sell your console in the holiday of next year. And, and that would this could potentially be that game. Uh, and the fact that it's going into the Xbox Game Pass day and date is just it's just bonkers. But let me catch up with some of the Super Chats and then we will get to the last topic of the day. Now, but folks, because we have a smaller panel. Uh, we're probably going to shut down the show a, l- a few minutes before. Normally, it's a two-hour show. But like I said, today was one of those days where we just had a, a tough time getting people because everyone had something going on, and it's perfectly fine. We, we're going to deliver four topics as we do, as always. Brett Bingham, a good friend of the generous friend of the program, just a five-hour super chat and says they need a New Vegas 2 the OG New Vegas was the only fallout you can throw a javelin in. See, I didn't even remember that, to be honest. It's been a while since I played that. Kirby Zero Louise, generous friend and developer of the, uh, uh, you know, in, in the industry, uh, says this after dropping a very generous $10 Super Chat. If those devs don't want to support the Xbox Series S, they can go PlayStation 5 or PC only. That is how you correctly voice your issue to Microsoft. Microsoft took a risk of this happening with the Xbox Series S. Let the hand of the ma- of the market do its work. And I think that he's onto something with that. Uh, I think that, you know, you don't go out there and cut your nose off to spite your face because you're playing some sort of uh, stupid console war shenanigans, especially in the business of development, where the last thing you want to do is get yourself blacklisted or blackballed, if you will, and nobody wants to hire you for, 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 for console war stupidity. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, again, the maturity uh, for some people doesn't match their age. And I, I, that, I find that to be ridiculous, to be honest with you. Uh, Keo Walker, who's been a member for 17 months, uh, says 1080p gaming is mostly CPU bound. Uh, and the Series S CPU is more than enough for that, indeed. Uh, and uh, Keo Walker... Drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, Age of Empires officially announced for console. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that on Friday's uh, new uh, episode of Breakfast with Boom because that is a big deal. See, again, I, I've never played Age of Empires. Not my bag. I like RTS, but I don't know if I would dig that. Being that it's going to be on console, being that it's going to be on Xbox Game Pass, I will certainly give it the old college effort. But what I want to do, folks is, look, remakes and remasters was a thing that we saw uh, very, very prominent in the Xbox 360 PS3 era, right? So when the new consoles were launched, we didn't expect we would see the same thing. We expect that it would be a lot of uh, sequels to, um, you know, a lot of the games that we played on the older generation consoles, Uh, But the one thing that Sony has done, and I have to bring Sony in because, well, they are known as the remaster station. Now, for better or for worse, they do take their IPs and they do re-release them. Uh, We've seen this time and time again. Uh, Now, is it a cash grab? Some people might suggest so. Uh, Something like The Last of Us, uh, the original. After seeing a PS3 uh, launch, then a PS4 
a you know remaster of that and then a remaster of the remaster on p on play on a pc and now the remastered remastered uh on the playstation 5 um look it's a thing it's a thing i i don't agree with a game that is relatively new getting remastered i think that is just that's ridiculous and in, and and could be suggested as as a just clearly a cash grab but one of the things that I want to talk about, and again, this is this is one of those self-made topics because I'm such a fan of the series. Fallout, I mean a Fallout, uh, Fable, we know is in current is, is is an active development. We don't know how long that is before that game releases, Daniel. Uh, it could be next year, unlikely though. It's probably holiday of 2024. That's what a lot of people are saying. That you know, listen, get it done right. You know, if you're gonna put it out there. Um, uh, just just do what you have to do to make sure that this is one of those monumental releases that changes what people think about Xbox development, right? That's that's what you're looking for here. Um, more so though, Daniel, um, Fable is an IP that saw incredible success that started out on the OG Xbox, right? And then obviously it was released on the Xbox 360. Um, and there are a lot of gamers that don't know what Fable is, right? They don't know anything about the game, about its history, about how big of a trilogy it was. And considering that Playground Games is hard at work on the, on the, the I guess you can call it a reboot of the franchise, my question to you is, with remasters and uh, remakes being so prevalent... Uh, in, in this era of gaming, is it potentially in the best interest of Microsoft to find a team that could remake at least the original or or if you really want to go crazy, remake the entire trilogy so that gamers who don't know who this franchise is has an opportunity to play the original games and, you know, and and, and have a sense of, oh, I'm really looking forward to Fable Reboot now because I got a chance to play the trilogy. And I kind of want to bring the chat in on the conversation. Do me a favor, man. Throw one in the chat if you want to see a remastered trilogy or two if you don't. Josh, uh, I mean, uh, Daniel, what, what are your thoughts on this? So I, I definitely give PlayStation a lot of a lot of guff for uh, the way that they're handling their, their remakes and, and remasters. Uh, in that it seems to be their primary thing that they're doing currently. Uh, it feels like they're remaking a lot of games that don't really need to be remade, and then whenever somebody else is doing a remake, uh, they buy up exclusivity for it. <laughs> like it, it feels like most of their uh, really notable third-party exclusive deals that they have going, like KOTOR Remake, Silent Hill 2, Final Fantasy VII, are all are all remakes if I'm like, I mean, I know they have other ones, obviously they have like Forspoken and, and Final Fantasy 16 as well, but like, it feels like, it feels like somebody at a, at a boardroom in PlayStation HQ just wrote remaster the P like remaster PS2 on like a huge whiteboard. And it was just like, there it is guys do it. Um, remaster everything. Um, that being said, uh, I do think that there's there's a ton of franchises over on the Xbox side of things that I think are kind of in desperate need of, of a remake. Um, Fable certainly could use it. I think that that's 
sort of what the the playground game is going to be you know i don't think it's going to be you know obviously like hey this is just fable one again um but i think it'll be sort of you know like a saw like a reboot sort of situation kind of in the vein of like a uh, i don't not like final fantasy 7 but you know where where they're going to take the ideas of maybe the original franchise and, and change them to make them more modern so I don't know necessarily that we need a whole trilogy of Fable remakes. I think uh, a remake of like Fable 1 would be a good place to start, though. Um, you know, people have been, to take it back to the Fallout side of things, people have been asking for a remake of Fallout 1 and 2. I think at this point we could use a remake of Fallout 3, maybe even <laughs> New Vegas, because it's it's been that long. Uh, and they're like at least one engine, maybe two behind at this point. Because um, apparently... because. Well, I know because Fallout Four is on the same engine as Fallout Three. It just looks way better. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it, it's significantly far behind all of those games. Uh, you know, I would love if they made a version of Morrowind that was uh, playable because uh, Morrowind had a lot of uh, really interesting choices uh, <laughs> that make it really hard to get into if you weren't into it back in the day. Yeah. Um. You know, I I think that Xbox definitely needs to be if they haven't already started looking into, Hey, we now own so many beloved IP. It would be a really good idea for them to kind of do honestly what embracer is doing and being like, here's a remake of this just to test the waters, you know? Like, yeah, hey, I agree. Do people, yeah. do people care about this franchise still? And then if they do, then maybe make a brand new game. Right. Um, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing that either. I don't know exactly what franchises would would do it. I think Spyro is probably going to be high on that list after after the Activision uh, deal goes through. Uh, well, Spyro and Crash made bank for them. Uh, they yeah. sold very well with their uh, with their with the and they the weren't remakes. They, they, they weren't remasters. They were actual from the ground up remakes. They were yeah. leaps and bounds better than the originals, and and they sold very well. So yeah, you make you're making some great points. I think so. Yeah, I think there's absolutely room for remakes, uh, despite <laughs> how much uh, how much I, I like to make fun of PlayStation for doing it to the to the point of almost nausea. Um, remakes are a thing that are important to the industry, right? Like it's important to remind people of these franchises and to take ones that are you know sort of falling behind to history and and catch them up. And uh, I know that some people probably disagree with that because there's there's certain games where like people have tried to remake or remaster it and it has not gone well like the original silent hill 2 <laughs> remaster where they took the fog out because they just completely misunderstood what silent hill was um but you know uh in conclusion <laughs> yes i think so i think a fable remaster or remake would be a really great thing to have i just don't know whether or not we would or whether internally Microsoft is already kind of thinking about the new fable game as that, you know what I mean? I mean, you do make a lot of sense and obviously, you know, we, we, what they don't want to do is, uh, you know, muck up the water uh, of all the excitement for uh, the reboot that is coming from playground games, right? You don't want to take any shade. Uh, and I agree with you to re to 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 remake or remaster a trilogy, um, that might be a little much. Uh, but just ju just uh, and Josh, I want to bring you in on a conversation just just for um, optics here. Uh, they did release a Fable anniversary, 
um, which of course uh, was, uh, you know, it, it, it was, they upped the graphics a little bit from the OG Xbox to the Xbox 360. Um, but from there though, and, and, and just, and again, this is, this is just for optics. The original Fable guys uh, launched on September 14th of 2004 on the X or the OG Xbox. They then 10 years later released the Fable Anniversary, which came out on February 4th of 2014. Now we are still in 2022. Um, obviously, we're not ex- a lot of people in the community are not expecting Fable to come until 2024 or even 2025. At this point, to to um, Daniel's uh, uh, point of view, do you take Fable Anniversary and give it the full remake from the ground up? Give that to a, a, another studio that's not Playground to again introduce the fan base to the Fable universe. I'm I'm all about it. Like it. it doing what you just said would be ideal right like like a full on remake to just remaster it i don't know that that's really really what we need because you can go and play the games right now on game pass if it was a complete like um you know very similar to final fantasy 7 right that that if if they gave it that kind of treatment that would be that would be phenomenal i'm of the mind that i love being able to have at my fingertips all of the games in the series, right? For instance, Metroid Prime 4, we know is being developed for the Switch. That trilogy would be great to have on the Switch ahead of time because that's been a series that's been so long forgotten that nobody has played it since the Wii era, right? So so that that's kind of where I lay on this, um, on the, or where I, where I cite on this topic is like, if, if, since we can play the Fable games, that's great, then, then, just an just an hd you know remaster let's let's avoid that but if they want to if they want to get some other studios involved and do a do a full-on remake or at least at least make it worth the time to go back into it that there's enough upgrades and maybe enough quality of life fixes and uh some some better lighting and, and 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 graphical upgrades that's that's really that that's what I feel would would really benefit the series and and get people excited to play, uh, to to play it again or play it for the first time before the new game launches. Especially if it's two years out, if it's a minimum two years out, then then absolutely. If 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 this can be done relatively easy, then then yeah, get get hire some more hire some more studios or uh, you know contract it out, whatever the case may be, and. Uh, let start marketing this game with the with the uh with the remakes because that first game is a game that 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 everybody should play if you if you have if you have an xbox and you have game pass you definitely should play it but if there's if there's word that fable may be getting a a a remake then then it's it's tough saying hold out for something we don't know that's coming but uh i would i would gladly jump back in uh again just to because that that was so quirky do you guys remember doing ymca in that game 
Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> there, there's yes, some, there's it, some you know, it, it's, stuff. There, there, there's some humor in the Fable series, the original trilogy, that I don't necessarily think will translate well in this era of gaming, which is why I have been on the on the fence on whether or not you you know you you bring Fable back, but you kind of change it somewhat. I, I know there's a lot of people against it. Uh like Zemi Games, who used to be a part of the show, he he's against removing the chicken kicking and the fart making uh that you found in the original. Which I mean, I guess is okay. Me personally, I kind of want to mix. Like, I don't want that to be completely washed away. I, I'd like some subtle uh, hints and inferences uh, towards it, but I, I kind of want my adult-themed uh, swashbuckling, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what 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 you guys feel about that. Yeah, it's it's a more of an M-rated Zelda, right? Like, <laughs> like. I'm let's do it. Let's 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 take it up a notch. And I mean, honestly, you know, I don't know. We know Rare's doing doing Sea of Thieves, but like I I kind of wonder what they would do with uh with Fable personally. Just after seeing Sea of Thieves and the the the, the swashbuckling and and you know, the pirate life if you will. I I wonder what they could do with something uh with something like that. But the more the more mature themes, I'm 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 okay with it. And you could refer to yourself as the uh, the legend of the chicken kicker, if you will, because wasn't yeah, that I, one of the names? <laughs> that that, that, one that was names? one of the names you can <laughs> add for yourself. Yeah, it was it was, it was for stuff like that. Yeah, I look, I, I I don't know, Daniel. I mean, real quick, we'll, we'll, before we get yeah. you know we do the outros and get everyone out of here. I mean, real, where, where do you fall on on the presentation of fa- of of Playgrounds Fable? Do do you feel that it needs to? retain some of its humor all of its humor or do you want a little bit of uh, a mix of both i think it needs to be funny but i feel like it can be funny in a new way yeah right you can you can leave chicken kicking in there because that's i mean i feel like that's classic right like you can't get rid of that the the bit where you like intimidate people by farting in their faces i don't think that's gonna hold up well i really don't i really don't think people are gonna respond well to that in 2023 or four or whatever when that game comes out like it's just i feel like fart jokes they had their time in the sun and and now it's 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 over right i i would be more interested in seeing playground put their own spin on it and sort of being funny in their own way and and maybe taking it a little bit more seriously than the old fables, which did of course get serious. But I think that when I, when I look at playground specifically, and I look at the games that, you know, the Forza games that they've done in the past and we see sort of the trailer and sort of the level of fidelity that we're expecting from this game at this point, right. Is I don't think we're expecting to see, you know, cartoony characters with weird proportions like the original fables, and so I feel like if also in a game where people look like real human beings, you grab somebody by the head and uh, fart in their face, I just don't think that's going to read well. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, but, you know, it, it, there are a lot of people in here. Master Jazz, uh, a friend of the program, says that if you remove the uh, humor from Fable, it's really not Fable. And to some extent, I agree. I, I just think that if there is going to be that kind of humor, it it, it, it can't. It, it can't be the whole game. It, it's got to be some subtle instances to, you know, to, to give us uh, 
you know, uh, references to the old trilogy. But you got to remember this. The original game came out in 2004. The uh, the uh, Fable anniversary came in 2014. And now we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be potentially in 2024, 2025. I, I, I mean, it's going to have old school appeal for people that have been with Xbox for many, many years. But that's not who, that, that, that's not who you only want buying the game or playing the game. You want people... Uh, to, to that like that that like The Witcher, that like games of that ilk to to get involved in it. I I, I think it. I, I put it to this way. I think that it's going to be a hard uh, uh, nut to crack, so to speak, with the balance. I, I I don't know. I I wouldn't want the responsibility on trying to make this game uh, both appealing to new RPG fans and old RPG RPG fans of Fable alike, but Needless to say, I think that it is going to be um, I think it's going to be a game that is going to be like like Hellblade. It's going to deliver graphically. It's going to be open world. It is going to be a game that we that we talk about for many, many years. And again, it's one of those Xbox games that we have all been asking for that we see a lot uh, on on Sony's machine in regards to like, for instance, is it going to be as big as um, uh, Horizon? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know what the scope of this game is going to be, but I would imagine it's going to be potentially as big. Uh, and if that's the case, I, I want to be able to have your your main missions. I want a lot of side quests, and I, like, I want a lot of things you can find by just uh, exploring the world. I, I hope that's the way that they go, but only time is going to tell. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this. Thank you so much for tuning in. We had over... 400 people here for today's new episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. We did get the four topics. Unfortunately, we had an issue with, uh, we know, with some uh, of the panel members that couldn't be here today. So that's why it's ending a little bit early. Um, obviously, before you get out of here, please consider hitting that like button. If you are someone that's finding the channel for the first time, please consider subscribing to the channel. And let, let's get everyone out of here. And we'll start first with N64 Josh, Mr. TikTok himself. Brother, sell your brand. Tell everyone where they can catch you playing uh, Mario Kart with a hundred other players. And where can people reach out to you on social media and what you got going on with your YouTube channel? Yeah, guys, I'm N64 Josh everywhere. Uh, been been writing more articles on N64Josh.com. The Nintendo Powercast has been getting multiple shows a week and uh, streaming on TikTok and Twitch and YouTube as well. And uh, I, I think there's actually going to be some new, um, a new, a new Pokemon side project in in the works, just because of the uh, uh, the hype cycle of of Pokemon and how 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 massive it is. So um, stay tuned for that. I love to just chat and talk games, whether it be on Twitter, uh, Discord, wherever you might uh, wherever you might find me. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's so good to be back. Uh, well, it's great to have you back, brother. And Ray, real quick, Raiden Blade drops a two-pound super chat and says, if Fable 1 and 2 are remade, I will need an underwear change. That <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, but Daniel McGee, sell your brand, brother. Talk about your channel, where they can subscribe to it, where they can reach out to you on social media, and what you got going on in the background. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Daniel J. McGee or on YouTube at just Daniel McGee. 
Uh, right now I'm working on a, a, a real big project uh, that's I'm hoping to be able to get out as soon as possible. I keep running into delays with it because uh, if you've watched my content before, you know I overthink everything. Uh, <laughs> I've certainly been doing that on this one. Um, but just recently put up a video talking about some of the, the, the news going on in the games industry. Uh, I'm trying to probably get some, some more content out, uh, more regularly over on the channel. So give it a swing by, let me know if you, if you see anything you like, or if you have anything that you would like to see, feel free to DM me. It's always open. Uh, it was, it was great having, having you guys to talk to today, especially having Josh back. Uh, we missed you, man. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have everyone back. And like I said, we'll, we'll be back to full staff next week. Obviously, uh, it just was one of was just one of those podcasts where a lot of people had a lot of things going on. Umbra wasn't feeling good, so of course we hope he feels better soon. Obviously, Boxenberger uh, had his car issues, and both Mav and uh, Pong had work related issues. So, like I said, we should get everyone back next week. So don't sweat that. But again. I want to thank all the super chats that have come in. Those continue to power the show, and uh, we definitely appreciate that and the channel memberships, as well as, of course, all the support by you hitting that like button. Uh, and, of course, I'm going to close out today's show, folks, with something that's important to me. Hopefully one day it will be important to you. And that's something that my dad told me with kids, and he would say, great, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, son. I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast.